You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So against a lot of expectations, the Tour de France 2020 is still making its determined way towards Paris. And against many other expectations, it's proving to be rather a good bike race. So far, none of the riders has tested positive for the dreaded COVID-19, but Tour director Christian Prudhomme will be doing a lot less handshaking in the start towns after a test on the first rest day revealed he'd fallen victim to the virus. So who's been going well and who needs a bit of a push up the hills? And with a little over a week to go, what else does this year's tour have in store? Well, we're not sure, but we're going to have a good go at guessing. This is Ruler Conversations, brought to you by Lacquer, Bicycle insurance powered by the community. So I'm in the far, far southwest of France, literally less than five minutes walk to the Spanish border, and I'm joined from London and Essex by a lineup of Ruler's finest. Editor Andy McGrath, uh, executive editor Ian Cleverly, and desire editor Stuart Clapp, still bravely battling on against these entirely self-inflicted injuries. So as we approach the final week... How's it been for everyone so far? Andy McGrath, first of all. Uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it immensely, especially in the last week. I've, I've been enjoying the flat stages almost as much as the mountain stages, just for the sheer nervousness and unpredictability. It's really coming to a boil nicely, isn't it? We've still got, I think, about a dozen people in the frame within a few minutes of Primoz Roglic. And dare I say it, Jumbo Visma, they look strong. They don't look as strong as maybe everyone thought a week ago yeah every day has been unpredictable hasn't it that's that's been the really good thing about it exactly like the organizers can't make the wind blow but maybe it's even having a september tour helps with the kind of slightly inclement weather we've been seeing you know like everything from rain in nice to the crosswinds on um uh, stage 10 on tuesday it just makes a fascinating viewing like I thought the, like even the sprint the other day, um, the Pogacar won. It's just great seeing GC men sprinting, half of them on the hoods because they can't sprint for toffee, but having to go for it because the Tour de France stage is up for grabs. That was one of the best stages that will go down as the one that Mark Hershey very, very nearly won. One of the best stages I've seen for years, maybe. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. That was one that I was going to pick out. And that was... There's been two stages, I think, so far where they've kind of a old school idea that mountaintop finishes are, you know, the best thing in in Grand Tours, and and I would contend they're not. It's the ones where there's a there's some downhill and flat afterwards. You know, back in the day when the riders were descending, that's that's when the channels would cut to an ad break, and you never got to see it. 
Uh, but Hershey's descent was one of the most amazing things I've ever ever witnessed. Frankly, it was it was just absolutely gripping. A shame he couldn't pull it off, but. Um, you know, his time will come. He's been a revelation, hasn't he? Because you were a bit sceptical, weren't you, about this year's tour, but um, you're very much getting into it. Well, I'm only sceptical in so much as, like, I wasn't sure it should actually be happening, and I, I'm still <laughs> I'm still not totally sure, especially when you saw the behaviour of the, the fans on the mountain stages at the weekend. It was just um, insane. I mean, why, why they can't close off the roads and just stop people going up those mountains. Uh, I mean, and if they did, you know, they, they say they can't do that because people will walk up anyway. But I think so many people would be put off by the idea of yomping up cross country, up, up 15 kilometre climbs, that it would, it would make a huge difference. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I haven't been um, impressed from, from that respect, but um, racing wise, I think it's been fabulous. And, and, the GC is just, as far as I'm concerned, wide open, wide open. Jumbo Visma, yeah, they're, they're good, but then they haven't totally cracked it. Um, and if you look who's tucked in behind them, Bernal, uh, Guillaume Martin, Bardet, Quintana, for me, any one of those could win, any one of them. Stuart, as some people will know, you were injured in a tragic skateboarding accident a while ago. Uh, so you've got very little to do except watch the tour, have you? Yeah, exactly. And I have very little to do, uh, even when I haven't got broken arms. But no, um, I've really, really enjoyed it. The Hershey stage was nuts. I mean, it was reminiscent, as Andy tweeted about, the uh, Heinrich Hausler uh, stage in Colmar. Even the weather, obviously, you know, Hausler pulled it off. Um, these, I mean, sorry to bring up Hausler again, but you, you, you know that he is... You'll always squeeze him in, won't you? Oh, I would squeeze him in, yes. I would squeeze <laughs> Um, he's, uh, he's, he's a delight. Uh, but yeah, I've really, really enjoyed it. And who says, who says sprint stages are boring? Um, obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday. So yesterday's stage, obviously, with the crosswinds, it was, there's, there's not been a day on, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a stage that's, that's been flat, really. I mean, flat in terms of excitement. Who says sprint stages are boring? You only have to turn in for the last 10K. That was an exciting day. Yeah, what, what a win from uh, Bennett and the post-race emotional interview, which was just perfect. I love it when a rider has a cry. That reminded me of Cav in 2010. Do you remember that when he was in tears? And yeah, I love it. I love, I love a rider that shows a bit of emotion. A stage win was always what Sam Bennett was looking for, wasn't it? Yes, it was, yeah. But, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. the post-race interview, I think at the end uh, he was saying... He was apologising for being a kind of crybaby. It's like, yeah. don't don't say sorry. There should be more reactions like that because this is, you know, that is their dream realised. Their whole whole adult life working towards like this is the thing with Sam Bennett. Like, kind of me and him go a few years back, and he was Lantern Rouge in the tour four or five years ago. And I actually went over to Paris on the last weekend, and I got this big red lantern from Argos or something like that. So I got the Eurostar over with that, got a few looks, and I actually gave it to him on the morning of the last stage. He was genuinely chuffed, and he's taking it home, and I think it's somewhere in his house. But the point is that uh, he spent that debut tour four years ago injured, not even factoring in the bunch sprint where he wanted to be. Um, he was hating every minute of the last two weeks. He hated being last because he was there to be first, you know. 
so this isn't just the culmination of six months with the kerning this is really this is really he's been everywhere on the tour is my point he's been last he's been in the gruppetto and now pushing 30 he's got his first win it, it's really nice to see the only negative uh for me on the 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 sprint battles is the fact that Bennett and Caleb Ewan are basically head and shoulders above everyone else. I feel it's 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 missing a a, a couple more sort of top line sprinters. I mean, we do we do our daily daily predictions thing with the cycling mole. Every time you have a sprint stage, you just kind of go, well, should, do we go for Bennett or do we go for Ewan? Because I don't see anybody else getting a White Van Art. The the exceptional White Van Art is obviously the exception to the rule because he's just a spectacular man who can do anything he wants really uh, given free reign but the others are all just somewhat off the pace and i just like to see some more competition yeah i mean it's like it's like you know there's people people missing you know like grunewig and and um oh who's the capitalist man that they should have brought they didn't i can't remember yeah just just like to see a bit but bit more um bit more action on the sprint front but you know it's a, it's a sideshow isn't it and in, in in when you're down to eight man teams it's it's Sprint trains are just not a, a priority for for most of these teams anymore. So, any big revelations so far for you? Some uh, people that you really didn't expect to go uh, uh, to show themselves so well. The bloke who's currently sat in third place, Kofidis. I mean, frankly, that a Kofidis rider is anywhere near the podium is massive news. They haven't won a Tour de France stage in God knows how long. Two thousand eight was their last one. Blimey, yeah. So yeah, that's Guillaume Martin, best Frenchman, which there should be a jersey for. <laughs> I think as well. If he can just keep in the top ten, that's a massively successful ride. When you look at the names around him, he is the big outlier. You know, the big revelation for me. Agreed. And any big disappointments? It disappointed to see Adam Yates cracking and going backwards. Oh, well, you know, he he may he may come back, but it, it to see him crack and then go, okay, I'm just going to go back to hunting for stages. I just thought, I thought maybe he was a bit better than that. Enric Mass, pretty disappointing, to be honest. The whole of Morristar has been pretty disappointing. Uh, Valverde has been pretty anonymous. What are Ineos Grenadiers up to, do you think? Well, I like their plan the other day, which was to do the COVID test the day before the rest day. It's a seven-day rule, isn't it? It's two strikes in seven days. So they did it a day early. So when they get tested again, which will be on the next rest day, that's eight days away. So they won't have two people going home so, and they won't be out of the tour. Very smart thinking. I want to. I want to like relay. You know the meme with Eddie Murphy touching his like temple now, but that's marginal gains, isn't it? I just really don't think they have the legs. I don't. I don't know whether it's my imagination. Maybe I need to go back at last year's tour and have a look at where Bernal has been left to his own devices. I mean, he's he's going pretty well actually, but and and he appears to be going better. Like the last mountain stage we saw. I want to know like, where, where he was like the year before. Where was he being left on his own? Because obviously he was being supported further up the mountain. But I, I don't know. He seems to be isolated earlier this year. I don't know. They look more vulnerable in the OS this year. They don't look the team that they, they've been previously. I think that like, the pace has been so high. The quality, the level of quality is a different level. Like I saw Roman Bardet saying something that they're breaking kind of new climbing records on every yeah. mountain. But I just think the pace makes it almost impossible to have that scenario we've had in recent years where Team Ineos or, or Team Sky have had, you know, two riders in the top four or three in the top ten. 
Like we've seen Dumoulin and Carapaz blown out the back already when you'd expect them to be up there. So I think it isn't necessarily they're much weaker, but everyone else is just absolutely pinging. Like we haven't even seen really a big name contender crash out like in the first 10 days like you normally would as well. So everyone's there. Personally, I think that Jumbo Visma will regret not attacking Bernal, not putting time into him in the Pyrenees. Because I think him and Quintana are better suited to the Alps and they're going to be on better form in the Alps. So a week to go, who do we think is going to win then? Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Rognitz. I still think he'll, I still think he'll do it. I'd love it if Bardet won. Um, but I imagine he could make the podium. But um, I don't know. It was, it's, it's a really difficult one to call, isn't it? I think Roglic will win. But um, another part of me would like to see Quintana up there. Mm. I, I think Quintana will be on the podium. I just, I'm just not sure he's going to quite make the top step. In my heart says Pogaccia because if he won, that would be a real victory with Panache. Like you know, he'd do it in an impressive way. But he's inexperienced and possibly will run out of that form in the Alps. My head says Roglic, probably. I think Bernal will be close to him. Okay, you're listening to Ruler Conversations, brought to you by Lacquer, bicycle insurance powered by the community. So I'm Toby Talpitz, the CEO and co-founder of Lacquer. We've been going for over two years by now, and we can confidently say that we are 25% cheaper than our competitors. So you save money with Lacquer while getting a unique and much better experience. One thing we're really, really proud of is that we're doing all claims in-house. So when you file a claim with us, it doesn't go to a third-party administrator in the middle of nowhere. It sits with us, with our claims handlers, who are no insurance people, but are actual um, bike mechanics. Fairly unique, we believe, and that really gives us a unique take on the customer experience. Ruler 20.6 is now on its way to subscribers, and a very fine edition it is. Uh, if you want it, you really should subscribe, but don't take my word for it. We've got someone else to tell you. Now then, here's an infomercial message for the discerning folk of Rulerland. For the finest long-form cycling journalism and exquisite photography and design, why don't you simply subscribe to Ruler magazine? It costs as little as £7 per month. Regular columnists include Orla Shenwi, Roman Bardet and me, Ned Bolting, accompanied by features from the best writers and photographers in the business. Simply go to ruler.cc. You know it makes sense. It certainly does. And it's an excellent edition, 20.6. Uh, lovely cover by the Belgian artist, Eleni Debo. Uh, preview of the Giro, a photo feature on La Roica. And an interview with the FDG rider, Brody Chapman. Anything else in there that uh, really stands out for uh, stands out for you? Anything else that in there that you're really proud of? Probably the, the first feature, which is um, written by a former Anpost pro from Northern Ireland called Daniel Stewart. I think we have a fair few, just over the years, a, a fair few pictures of, from journalists talking about, uh, very broadly writing about the life and death of their cycling dream. For better or worse, you kind of shelve it because you know it's going to be a similar narrative. But with Daniel, like his writing style is so lyrical and original. The way that he can invoke his experiences, you know, he's been racing in Belgium and France and Northern Ireland, is it, uh, completely original and extremely readable. And combined with Eleni's fantastic um, illustrations, 
I've never read anything like it before. Yeah, it really does stand out, doesn't it? It's a, it's a great read, that. Yeah, yeah, we're actually going riding on Sunday, me and Daniel. So looking forward to getting dropped by a, a former pro after 20 minutes. <laughs> going to be great. Ian, how about you? Again, like writing-wise, the, the Daniel Stewart piece is um, fabulous. Um, Imagery-wise, I mean, you and me, Ian, might remember these. The other two, maybe not so much, being just a bit younger, but... Um, the Chater Lee chain set, it just brings back uh, memories of like when I first started and chain sets were steel, uh, cotter pinned, weighed a ton. And the ones made by Chater Lee ha- actually have the, the C and the L cut into the, the design of the chain ring. And they were just like beautiful objects, not massively practical, um, but they're back. They are back. That's what confused me. I saw the picture and I thought it was a, uh, at first I thought it was a, an original old one, but they're making them again. They are, yes, uh, but and very much sort of updated. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not going to be to everyone's taste because um, obviously it's, it's still, you know, heavier than your, your super <coughs> light stuff, but it is it's a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, and it's not being updated to the extent it's still actually got a, a, a tapered bottom bracket which you don't see many of those these days no you don't but i guess you know if you're running a if you're running a, a cool steel frame and and you just want to kind of something to go with it that's just gonna set the whole whole look apart then um i just keep looking at it and think i just need a bike to go with it you know but it's lovely Stuart. how's the uh, mystery photo shoot coming along <laughs> oh don't ask me that you know i said i was going to jinx it it didn't happen quite the way we'd planned but obviously i was here and ian and the guys did the shoot uh, with benedict yesterday uh without me and i've been i'm a fairly upbeat guy we we you, you probably have gathered this um but yesterday i had the biggest amount of FOMO ever while they were doing that and I was just watching the tour here but we didn't actually get the location that we were after but it's still going to look cool because Benedict never misses but um, you know if you're asking about like the the latest issue I'm really into the Brody does bikes piece right that Laura Fletcher did reason being is I've known Laura for years and she worked at Rafa this is like this early days of Rouleur and she's always been a fan, and it's the first thing she's ever had in writing in the magazine. And when, when she got a copy of the magazine, I could feel the excitement in the text message going, oh, my God, this is such an honour to have been in there. And it's such a great piece. The photography's great as well. And uh, that's amazing. I'm really, yeah, that's a really cool piece. It's a great issue, actually. And the desire section we actually shot in Leon scene not far from me because we did this while we were still, I think we were still confined to six people or parties which i think it's just gone back to but yeah that was a really good one loads of ice cream seaside stuff armbands as props and things like this but yeah it's great fun and any particular uh, favorite bits of uh, kit in desire this uh, this edition well funny you say that i don't know really there's loads of cool bits in there <laughs> i never really wanted to make a big thing out of it but, but i've made a big thing out of it but i haven't made a big thing out of it is we've put an e-bike in there for the first time and it sits alongside a regular bike. And, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast about how, you know, they do sit together and we shouldn't be, oh, no, we've got a motor in it. But no, it's it's really cool. We put a Ribble e-bike in it. The one that, the model that Sean Yates has been riding recently, 
Um, got that. We've got the new Universal Colors kits in there. I was going to say, I, I love the Universal Colors stuff. Miles in the pile of tires doing his best blue steel look. It's funny. I just picked up the magazine and it flopped open on that page. No, that's such a great shot. Yeah, that's really cool. It's a great kit. Really, really nice. There's, there's a lot of good kit in this one, men's and women's kit. And we've kind of been up against it with the COVIDs by, by getting into locations and things. So we've had to look at easy wins, if you know what I mean. Find something and then just go for it. But uh, yeah, outdoors. So I don't know what it'd be like over the winter. We'll, we'll have to get in somewhere. But yeah, that's it. But yeah, really, yeah, that was a fun one. Thanks, Stuart. And that's it for this edition. Do keep enjoying the racing while you can. There'll be another podcast from Rouleur next week. Until then, thanks for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.